St. Louis Blues on the season series. Oh, and how about Ilya Samsonov? His fourth win in a row, seven and one in his last eight. So his solid play in net continues as well. It's a great story for sure. I don't look at it as that big of a thing, just because I've always believed in the goalie. Like he's, he played really well for us. What does it say about the team that you've gone four zero with Morgan Riley? Yet? Yeah, obviously. I mean, we're battling. I mean. Every game's a battle. We got to uh, we got to battle for a playoff spot and keep fighting. So I think uh, I mean we've answered the bell, and I think Mo kind of started our let the fire uh, in the team. So I think uh, yeah, we'll battle battling for Mo. It's been huge. Um, like I said earlier, you kind of defended the respect of our team, and um, you know I think we're playing really hard now, and um, you know, obviously he's a valuable piece to us, and, and uh, you know we're. We're excited that he's going to come back here soon, but uh, yeah, I think we're playing really good hockey, and I think um, it's uh, it's giving us a jump. Turning point, Van Morning Joe, Sportsnet 590, the fan. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, the Toronto Maple Leafs now 4-0 since Ridley Gregg felt the brunt of Morgan Riley's stick at the end of a 5-3 Senators loss in Canada. Beat the St. Louis Blues 4-1. Mm. Beat the Philadelphia Flyers 4-3 in overtime. Mm. Beat the Anaheim Ducks 9-2. And on a family day afternoon, beat the Blues yet again 4-2. Good morning, Brent. Hey, good morning. I was, I was wondering I when you were going to slip in Don't jump the gun. I, I I'm going to get I to was, my good morning. I was so good. I sat here patiently going, is he going to say it? This is all good about the Leafs, but say the thing. Yeah. Say good, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been very, very nice to see from, from this Leafs team. They continue racking up wins. Austin Matthews continues racking up goals. Uh, a lot to pick at from what we heard in the, the intro there from the Leafs, uh, including just, I, I got to be honest, I don't like calling people this, but just a lie from Sheldon Keefe of, I've always believed in him regarding Ilya Samsonov. Uh, okay, you're the only guy in the city, including Ilya Samsonov mm-hmm. himself. But yeah, say whatever you got to at this point. Uh, everything rolling in the right direction for the Leafs right now. You can make the argument right now is the Leafs riding a season-high four-game winning streak. Last time, actually, they, they won four straight. Uh, they followed that up with a four-game losing streak, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, that's but what at, they do. In this moment, you can make the argument that the Maple Leafs are playing their best hockey of the season. And uh, they, got, they got the Coyotes coming up tomorrow night, which would be a nice homecoming. First, uh, first game for Matthew Nyes mm-hmm. uh, in his home barn. Austin Matthews, by the way, was looking at the the Austin Matthews numbers against Coyotes. Yeah. Not like overwhelming. No, I was I was regaling you with tales last week of all of the teams that Austin Matthews owns. It's pretty much all of them, other than the mm-hmm. Coyotes. It's actually far, and you know, it's not like he's been bad. He's uh, close to a, a point per game, but not not at mm-hmm. that number. But yeah, it's I mean, there's just a lot. We remember the picture, and it's funny, right? Domi now on this team. Remember the picture from the first time or second time? I guess it would have been the first time where Max Domi was kind of like the face of the Coyotes at the right. time. Which which, oof, uh, love you here, Max Domi, but face of a team? I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, and they took that picture on the ice with all the kids there. It's <coughs> it's so much for him. And unlike all the guys who come home to Toronto, because guess what? Every time the Leafs host a game, that's happening, but they get to spread it out. It's, you know, not the entire city is looking at that one guy, and it will be the case for Matthews, but it's shared a little bit with uh, with Nyes now, and hey, Sikor's a beautiful goal uh, to head into that game. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and Austin Matthews scored his requisite goal. Uh, Could have had two, hits the post on his second shift of the game. But, yeah, I, I was going to say, so they got the Coyotes coming up tomorrow, and then they go Vegas, Colorado, Vegas. Like, if this winning streak continues yeah. through that, then then you got something happening. Big time, yeah. It's a, this is a massive, massive stretch. Just quickly on the only one goal for Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. and that is how we have to say it now. And, uh, you know, I love Luke. I love his work. I was reading his gamer, his little column coming out of yesterday. His little and, column. And he had the. He, he, I know, I can't call it that. It's great. I, yeah, I love Luke's work. But he had the line in there of Austin Matthews, who came two goals shy of a hat trick. And it's the fact so that funny. that's how we have to phrase it. I and think it's he like, did that on little, purpose. Yeah, yeah. Of, co- of course he did. But it's <laughs> it just puts it just puts hammering home right now the heater of all heaters that he's on. He could have easily had a hat well, trick. Well, he had the fan one-timer where he yep. had half the, the cage and, the and then the post. Stick. Yep. That, that's it. And this is, we're now getting to a point with Austin Matthews games where he scores only one goal, like the old Tiger Woods of, ah, it's the worst that could have shot out there. Honestly, that should have been 67, 70 is, it was bad. I left some shots out there is really what it feels like for Matthews on kind of any given night now. Yeah. He's man in, in a game in, in which the result is decided. And it wasn't even at the end there is the blues eventually yep. score an empty netter and, Boy, Bobby McMahon on the board again, like just following in Matthews' footsteps, just back and forth they go, mm-hmm. exchanging goals this season. Yeah, same um, guy. You know, they're the exact same guy. Uh, I mean, not all empty net goals are created equally also. Hyman-esque. Like, right? Like, like you know, oh, I, I, and listen, hand up. I was mm-hmm. the guy that brought this to the table for okay. uh, talking about Austin Matthews has no empty net goals yeah. and comparing that number to some of the other guys that are in the goal scoring mm-hmm. race and how many empty netters they have. You have to be one chosen to be on the ice sure. in a crucial moment, and two again, like that incredible effort by Bobby McMahon to score the empty netter. Um, worked. Yeah, uh, it did work. Uh, th- I just mean, he worked. Like it worked, but also like that was just pure effort, grit, determination. It was like I I said it in time, and I believe it still. That was Zach Hyman esque, and that's as high of a quality, mm-hmm. uh, high a compliment as you can give to a Leaf who's not core four. Yeah, and we can pick up the the individual moments of this game, and we will. Um, but yeah, just that's the first time I've heard it said explicitly, and and good for William Nylander to like. It's like everybody's waiting for mm-hmm. the headline. It's like say the line, yeah, say the say the thing. Right, yeah. We're on cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he said we're we're doing it for Mo. They, mm-hmm. they improved to, to 4-0 without Morgan Riley. I guess the, the ruling has not yet come down from Gary Bettman. He's Just, already missed four of the five games. So if it's reduced by a game, he's coming back for tomorrow's game. And if it's not, he's not playing in tomorrow's game, but he'll play against the defending cup champs on the back-to-back uh, on this Western road trip. Um, I, it's You know what? I, here's what I said. Because uh, <laughs> I just had a thought pop into my head. I wonder if it's the same one. No, mine is that I, I like being righteously indignant. Like I like to be, you do. I love to be mad when I know I'm in the right and I have reason to be mad. There's nothing more cathartic than just like bringing your, your righteous anger indignation. Yeah. Like I love to, to get in a screaming match with somebody. If I know I'm right and they're wrong. I, I don't like that. My initial anger of the in-person hearing for mm-hmm. Morgan Riley and the potential of a six-game suspension. All right, it's five games, but I know what you did. You primed us for six, and then we're supposed to be happy about five. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, okay, here comes the appeal mm-hmm. to the commissioner. Yeah, they go four and oh. I just, 
the anger has left my body. I, I just, I don't have any energy to be angry at the at the NHL Department of Player Safety anymore. Oh, Ben, you've stepped into my world. Yeah. You don't know how to get angry about something. This is all I do is find minor grievances and slights to be irked by at any given time. Here's the way I've been thinking about it. You're right. From a Leafs perspective, mm. you can't sit here and go, how have they done the Leafs this way? No, it's it's been the exact opposite. My indignation just goes to honestly remove the lease from it. Mm -hmm. Not from our job perspective, but from my personal caring perspective. I am now mad about this from a content perspective. <laughs> this is a this is a league where we want things to talk about. Fridge says it all the time. This is a professional sport and you care about winning and rules matter and all that's true, but it's an entertainment product. What is the reason why this has been bleeding along? I don't want to have seen, you know, I, I don't feel like he's a big beach guy. I don't know that I can picture it. I don't want to have seen Gary with his sand in the toes on President's Day or Family Day weekend, whatever one he was celebrating, I know. But I don't want to see that. Is he just sitting in a room with a, with a like, snifter of brandy thinking about this for four, five, six days now? There's no reason that this should take so long. So if you want to be righteously indignant, just be mad about that. Forget mm. about the lease for a second. And if I'm saying, for it. if I'm saying, oh, okay. Well, I mean, you you said you wanted to get here. <laughs> See, look how easy it is. That took me it. that took me 45 seconds to go from, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Who cares? The lease has been great too. How dare the league well, do this to us? I I guess I can Follow get there. Follow my ways. I can get there if the ruling comes down after tomorrow's game and it's like, and it's, hey, you, Morgan Riley's going to get the money back for one game because we're going to push it back to four games. Mm -hmm. He's going to get the money back, but he's still, like, retroactively, like the Jason Spezza yep. decision where he went from six to four, but it already served five games. He's going to have already served the five-gamer. Will you be able to get indignant about that? I might, especially okay. if the Leafs lose that mm. game against the Coyotes, but they won't have Morgan Riley in the lineup, so they'll probably win because so, that's all they do. I was thinking it'd be very... Very league, like again, just tongue in cheek of how would this go against the Leafs of they actually do drop it right before the Coyotes game so that they don't have Morgan Riley as like the fresh body on the back half of the back to back. Mm. And it's like, ah, uh, you weren't expected to play Bobby McMahon style. Now you do have to play tonight and you're going to have to play the back to back and your legs won't be fresh for tomorrow. I don't think that's going to hurt the Leafs. I don't think that's going to happen. But again, there's many ways for you to work yourself into a lather about this. You have to get creative. Sometimes yeah. you have to get creative to no. get angry. Well, here's what I've got creative with. Because I've talked about the extended period of time that the Leafs have played some mm -hmm. great hockey without Morgan Riley going back to last year and it yep. being more than 20 games where mm -hmm. they've lost twice in so regulation. Sure. It's stupid and not every game looks nope. like a comprehensive victory. And yesterday was a pretty good road game against a team that yep. you know was not coming off this Super Bowl hangover that I kept hearing about with their their 15-shot performance at Scotiabank Arena. That's the you get the real blues in the afternoon. Okay. In St. Louis, like, yeah. Oh, what a first period. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, no, where I've, I've come around to the Morgan Riley thing is what William Nylander said, mm. that, hey, they're playing formo. It's not despite no Morgan Riley in the lineup. That moment, when we look back on the season mm -hmm. and where did it all change and where did this team come together, it was on Hockey Night in Canada and Canada, Ontario, and Ridley Gregg. Don't poke the bear. Embarrassing this organization, slapping one into the open cage, and Morgan Riley defending their honor mm. with a stick to the face, despite the 
personal uh, punishment that he was about to receive and the rest of this group rallying around him. I guess that's that's what the players, I mean, will you, unless you're, you're just like William Nylander's making it up, which I, I don't think he has a history of doing. Mm-hmm. I'd like, he'll give you a not, he's not playing the media game necessarily. No. Like he is telling you the truth. So they're doing it for Mo. I, I believe him. I think there's absolutely an element to that. You see it. I, I, we've seen it with John Tavares' record, or the team's record without Tavares. We've seen it. Now, it's not nearly as dominant with just the two losses, but they have a way better record without Matthews in the lineup than you would expect. This team has proven an ability to, when they are missing, one of the pillars of the franchise that it's built around. And again, it's kind of counterintuitive. You would think it'd be a lot of other teams in the league that would say, okay, maybe there is less star power here, but there's a deeper supporting cast because you don't have all your money with the, with the four highly paid forwards. You would think it would make more sense elsewhere, but it doesn't. It, it it doesn't happen elsewhere. You see it with this team where they are able to again missing a superstar player. What would they? What but do you it's think not the just Oilers? Miss, re- it's not. Sorry, I didn't. No, mean no. Go ahead. Of, it's not just missing him, but it's missing him in the manner in which he departed. Right? Is doing the thing that we don't necessarily associate with this mm. generation of Leafs teams. I think that I don't think you can. I don't think you can overstate what that means to them, but I don't think that's the case because they had an awesome record when he just got hurt. Like mm. he didn't he didn't get hurt going, you know, the full Johnny Bauer in the video they play before puck mm-hmm. drop of blocking a shot, like stretching his neck out to block a shot with his face. He got hurt on a hockey play, but it wasn't some heroic moment or a thing that he did or sacrificed. I mean, he did put his body on the line, but it wasn't some heroic or statement. But last year when they had that incredible yeah. record in that month, were they doing it for Mo? They were doing it like, hey, we got to figure it out while Mo's away. Well, like, that, this is more like we're doing it for Mo because he, sac- he did sacrifice himself for the betterment of this team. So I don't. I again, I don't want to poo-poo that element of it, but I was thinking about this a lot too in the kind of lessons you can learn from from the team without Riley. And I don't want to poo-poo that element, but I really do think it is also a not a roster construction thing, but it's a play style thing. And not with the team as a whole, but with the blue line specifically. Mm. Look at the guys who have come in and had success in the absences of Riley. You would think more often than not that, and the Leafs haven't necessarily had these guys poking around in the Marlies, but you would think it'd be, okay, now's the time to get the puck mover up here. There's no Riley. You need a guy who can kind of do it. They don't. They go pick some kid out of the Marlies who they're scared to play for more than 13 minutes, be it be it Max Lajoie, be it uh, the kid who got in yesterday. Marshall Rafai. Yeah, know, Marshall yeah, Rafai. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, a tough one. To, he's one of those guys where it's like the name is not obvious that you do, and like he's only played one game yeah. and fewer than 12 minutes that you have to look down okay. at. So, His first shift, though, yeah, down below the goal line, which is nice. Amazing. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? But look at the guy. Again, Simone Benoit comes in, and he is obviously growing to be more than just a fringy part of this team. But my boy, who's hurt again now, William Loggerson, he's come in, done less. These are the guys that have had success here. And even with the players Mo has had success with, it's Labushkin, it's Matt Hunwick, it's Ron Hainsey. We talk so much about getting that stud number one defenseman. And I'm not going to sit here and say it'd be a problem to have that guy at the top of the pile. But maybe the problem is, is just guys who you actually expect to do less. 
because that is the guys that have had success on this blue line. It's not been the, you know, Jake Gardner was such a, you know, polarizing figure, but that hasn't been what they've needed to unlock this blue line. Would they love a Chris Pronger in their prime? Of course, who wouldn't? But these are the guys, the kind of safer, more stable guys, and you see it with the guys that have come up and, you know, be it even a Lejoie who's had to play more and has been forced into minutes and been okay. It's just doing less has been so important for this group. And that's not pushing because Mo's out. I think you push in terms of we have to do this for him, but you don't push your play. You don't try to become Morgan Radley. Mm-hmm. You just be kind of a more stable version of yourself. And that's what's jumped mm-hmm. out to me so much about the absence last year and what you're seeing this year. Yeah, see, that is the uh, the, the, the argument uh, <laughs> against Morgan Riley specifically, right? Like that's the, hey... You know, he's a net positive, obviously, but yeah, what he does is not not replicable by mm-hmm. the other five defensemen on this team. And when he's gone, they, they don't play that style of game. No, but I think what you saw, and this is, again, we'll see what, and it's obviously a much smaller absence this time. You're thrilled about that. You wouldn't have won Morgan. I mean, God, what would he have had to have done to get suspended for more than five games? But... I think when you when you look at it is that what you saw from Riley when he came back into the lineup last year was a guy who he'd been sitting there. He'd been watching in the press box. He saw the way this team played. And guess what? I felt like he was able to pick his spots in a much better way when he came back from that absence. And I don't think that's been an issue with him this year in terms of picking his spots. But I think that when you have a player like that, it's just human nature to try to have some of that in your game, even if you shouldn't have some of that in your game. So I think it's a kind of learning experience for both parties. It's been one for Mo and he's been a better version of yeah. himself when he's come back from these absences. Well, and remember the, the goal scoring slump that he was in yep. last season as well. I mean, he's already surpassed last season's point total in 50 games, as opposed to the 65 yep. that he played last year has 43 points as opposed to the 41 he played Last year. All right, let's get into the minutiae of the game a little bit. Tyler Bertuzzi sticks on power play one, mm-hmm. and and John Tavares bumped down to power play two. I, I wondered about that possibility. Yep. Uh, twofold. It's not like John Tavares was blowing the doors off on the power play this season. He got back into the goal column recently, mm-hmm. but, yeah, the goal total is not nearly what they were a season ago, five on four. Tyler Bertuzzi breaks the, the, the slump on the power play. Um it seems like the type of guy that can can set up shop in front of the net uh, and and do some work, uh, and then secondarily to that guy that's obviously looking for a little bit of confidence, mm-hmm. who's done a pretty good job in on power plays in years past. Probably not the worst idea. I don't have a problem with it, but I just wish this didn't have to come at the expense of John Tavares because yes, you need Tyler Bertuzzi going, and you want the best version of himself, but. I'm sorry, like the more important player to have going is the guy who's going to have to be your second line center. And you, I can hear the argument that Tavares doesn't need this and yeah. he's a big boy and he can suck it up or he can yeah, be who's more likely to to not be to 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 not have the negative impact of being removed from the first power play. I, I think John Tavares is like has the mental makeup probably to 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 put up with that. I'm sure I'm sure he can handle it, but I actually that's the thing I've kind of been the most impressed by with Bertuzzi is that the throughout this entirety of the slump, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's been a perfect hockey player, but you've kind of seen the best version of him as a Leaf. Now, again, he's been kind of slumping for the first iteration of it, so not a high bar to clear there, but I thought you were kind of seeing it. Now, because of that, I can understand Keith saying, 
And again, who knows what the conversations are being had behind closed doors. It's possible Bertuzzi looks at the whiteboard and goes, mm, okay, power play one. That's nice. It's possible they sat him down and said, hey, Puck went in for you. Let's see if it continued to do so. We want this to be a little bit of a cookie, a little bit of a carrot to try to spurn you along. I'm fine with them doing that, but I just still think Tavares is the more important guy to have going as the best version of himself into the playoffs because with Bertuzzi, again, we talk about the offense. You're the guy who's brought this up the most, smartly so. The offense has been there, but it's not a 30-goal guy. It's a Mm -hmm. 20-goal guy, and yeah, he bangs him in in the playoffs, and you love that, but they don't have to come on the power play because guess what? You're not going to have a million power play opportunities game in the playoffs. You need Tyler Bertuzzi to have confidence at five on five. And if you think he gets that from being on the power play, that's fine. But you have to counterbalance that with what that does to your top power play unit. You finally have got it rolling here. And I'm not saying it, it neuters it to have Bertuzzi on it, but it's a lesser version of itself. Say what you will about Tavares and the finishing. He is a infinitely better passer than Tyler Bertuzzi. And mm-hmm. when you have all the talent that's on that top unit, you want that. You want that creativity. You want that mindset. You want the ability to do that along with the net presence, which, again, Tavares, the better option there. He has better hands. He's better mm-hmm. tipper of the puck. Maybe he's not as greasy, but guess what? He's just as strong and impossible to move. So I have no issue with this as a little spell, as a little experiment. Mm-hmm. They have to get back to Tavares there. Unless you're just going to go nuts and have two complete... You, two even units, but that isn't happening. And I don't want that to happen. No, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, and removing John Tavares from power play one isn't, isn't the start of that. I don't think. And no, I don't either. Yeah. They went one for two on the power play yesterday. Okay. What if Morgan Riley comes back though? And that's your way you keep things as, as it is. And Bertuzzi's up there and then, okay, Hey, Morgan Riley, we're going to reinsert you here. Power play two. Because things have been rolling, you got another goal the other day. How do you like? How would you feel about that? If because I I agree with you, I don't want two separate separate units. Yeah. But if this if this you continue to see success, we're talking or, about one guy. Yeah. You, you can't limit. Like honestly, th- there's been Washington Capitals power plays in the past mm-hmm. where it's like they have two units, but it's one guy that stays on for the whole two minutes. Yeah. And it's and yeah, it's a little bit different with Ovechkin where he would like let's the one thing is what he does and mm-hmm. it's standard at the dot yeah. and pound in one timers it's we're just talking about one guy though mm-hmm. austin matthews needs yep. well, you're not limiting that guy's power no. play despite the fact that he's he's not having the insane you know sam reinhardt power no. play season and he's never really been that guy but no we, we know what he's capable of doing on the five on four so anything that takes a yes, second agreed. away from him on the power play i don't want to do no, so I'm either either just have the loaded up first unit or do the Ovechkin thing with him where, like, he stays on, everybody else waves goodbye, and, like, he stays on for the whole two minutes or something. Yeah, the problem with that is ta- what we've talked about all year is that uh, uh, the – this is a way bigger conversation, but, you know, the Capitals could afford to have a lofty Ovechkin shift after yeah. a long power play. Right. The Leafs throw Matthews right – The generally the way it works is Matthews in the first power play get the first, I don't know, buck 30, buck 40, whatever it is. Second unit gets out there. Ideally, there's a whistle shortly after that, and guess what? He's going right back over the board. So I think that's the difference of why you can't – part of it is the way he plays is that he do, he does have kind of a spot now, as we've talked about, that kind of, you know, lower spot on, on, the, on the left-hand side there. But he is not a guy you want being stationary the what makes him so elite is his ability i mean of course to shoot it in the net but it's 
hunt pucks and be physical. And Ovechkin did all that in his, you know, in his prime as well, but not on the power play. He wasn't, he wasn't moving. He was going to get, he said, uh, I forgot who had the line about it, but some coach apparently once came in and was like, yeah, well, what about switch? No, no, no. This is my spot. I get on side. Yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah. don't, what are we doing? Don't reinvent don't the wheel here. Don't mess with success. Anyways, don't mess with the success of the power mm-hmm. play unit, which again, like yep. I said, went one for two yesterday, the second best in the NHL. Well, and, that's, and that's why I don't think it's a big statement to put Morgan Riley there. If, mm-hmm. if you, again, it's one more game. Well, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with this appeal that may or may never uh, see the see the light of day. I don't know. Maybe they'll announce it uh, like via the CN Tower or something. It's like mm-hmm. red means five games mm-hmm. and blue means six or, or whatever whatever it is. But I think you can have a world where, okay, Mo, you're back. Let's, let's ease you back in. You've been out a while. You and Tavares are going to kind of have this secondary unit. It allows you to have some control of the game when the power play runs out. And again, if- I haven't looked at like, so Jake McCabe, his little dalliance, dalliance and yeah. then Timothy Lilligren with a pat, like, I, oh man, he had the one pass yeah. on the power play right outside of the zone. Mm-hmm. They did a great job breaking in. I don't look at either of those guys as like immovable. Oh, they've done an incredible it's, job no, no, filling it's, in. It's not that, but it's, if you are of the belief, and I think we all are, that Tavares is far and away mature enough to handle that demotion because mm-hmm. somebody else needs it. I think the second in line for that on this team mm-hmm. is Morgan Riley in terms of, okay, sure, whatever the team needs. Sure. He's got his money. He's got paid. All we ever do is talk about how important he is. Even when he, even, I feel like every, last year when the record was what it was during the suspension, there was a lot of, you know what? We need to have a real conversation about Morgan Riley. What does this mean? And I feel like everyone this year is going, okay, playoffs happened. He's golden. There, yeah. there, there, there are things to be gleaned, and it's interesting, and we should try to get to the bottom of this, of course, but it is not the referendum on what he is as this team's best defenseman well, anymore like it was last sure, year. Sure, because also he was going through the goal-scoring yep. slump, and yeah, the, the point, to, point totals were, <laughs> were not there. It was not the 70-point guy that we saw Mm-mm. a season ago. Uh, but you're right to talk about the, the postseason he had next to Luke Shen. Uh, also, Leafs breaking up. John Tavares and William Nylander mm-hmm. and get a little depth throughout the, the lineup. Um, it was Tavares playing with Nick Robertson and Bobby McMahon, who, I mean, boy, yeah, had the empty netter. Goal scores. Had the empty netter is now like on a 20 goal pace, but mm-hmm. also like outside of that, just like looks the part yeah. like, and, and is, I, I think he led the Leafs. What do I have? No second uh, yesterday in five on five shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Like, among the leaders in individual expected goals, William Nylander was with uh, Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi. It's early days in this thing, but, like, I'm I'm interested to see if this has staying power. Because to me, maybe you, you really do finally have the holy grail of, like, three lines that are maybe not... N- no one's going to be as elite as Matthews and Marner, obviously, putting the puck in the back of the net. But, like, the possibility of goals going in in for lines two and three would be the holy grail for this team because it just never happened. It would. The and I can't believe I'm the one to bring this up, but this is all we ever talk about with these lines is that yeah, okay, let's let's say they're both able to give you stuff offensively. And I think, you know, McMahon, I, I'll be honest, I'm loving the Bobby McMahon or as my as my boy Sam McKee's been calling him, bar down Bobby. I really, mm. I really like that. I've been enjoying the experience as much as anyone else. I loved it last year when we got to see glimpses of him. But guys like this have two or three weeks like this, mm. and then they go quiet. But and it's go not back. like he didn't score in the American no, League. No. Like, like he scored 20 goals in not a full season with the Marlies. It's not the puck going in that I'm talking about, though. It is when you get this opportunity 
It's like anything in life. You get a new job or you get a promotion or they ask you to kind of, you know, do a bit of a bigger job for a while. You can sit there and go, all right, this is my whole life. I've been waiting for this. This is everything. I'm going to put every single thing I have into every single second of every day. And I'm not saying McMahon's going to get lethargic with being in the NHL, but it's just common nature. We've seen it with Matthew Nyes where you take Mm -hmm. step backs and there's fits and spurts. So, yes, I think in this moment you like to see that. But the other part of this is that does that then – and part of this is what you believe David Kampf can be and whatever the fourth line is, but does that then turn Matthews and Marner into a matchup line, and is that the way you want to go about your business? Yeah, because I mean, they're always going to have a target on their back. When you've got a guy that's going to no, score no, 70 I goals. I don't mean a matchup line from the other team's perspective. Oh. I mean a matchup line from your perspective. Are you sitting there and tapping William Nylander and Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi over the boards? Shut them down, boys. Mm. I think not. And maybe... I can squint and see it with Bobby McMahon and John Tavares, and I've kind of liked Nick Robertson's game, but, you know, they can win their minutes, but they're not shutting anybody down. They're not locking things down. So it really all goes back to do you need to have that matchup line, or is it enough that you have guys that you that you have three lines that in theory – should be able to win your minutes. I am of the be- I am of the belief that that is a good way to go about it, especially with how this team is constructed. But that's all we've ever talked about is having a matchup line, a shutdown line, and you know, play- playoff games are going to be played on the road, which is you know actually good for this team this year. But if you're you know, we talk all the time about Keith getting out coached in playoff series. If you're a John Cooper type, are you not licking your lips, going, "Oh my God, I cannot wait to get my." You know, Kucherov line out against mm. Nylander, Domi, and Bertuzzi. <laughs> well, when you put it like that, yeah. it doesn't sound so great. Yeah. yeah, it's it's obviously a line that you would probably deploy in the offensive zone. All but then, wouldn't lot. the Tavares one be as well? Uh, yeah, and then so then you're giving Matthews and David Camp. These own starts, you know, who like, really is the missing piece is like Cal Yarncroft. Yeah, and it's, hey, it's, guess what? So he's good. He's important. not dead. Like yeah. he's gonna come back. I think <laughs> I should check. I don't know. The NHL's been been holding out on me for all this news lately. I wouldn't be surprised what comes out of it. But you're right, because if you put, let's say, you know, and again, I think this is a little bit unfair to Nick Robertson because I've really liked the strides he's made in his game. But if you have Robertson, McMahon, and Tavares, all of a sudden, I do feel a little bit different about it not that Don Tavares is a defensive stalwart but the issue with his game is speed mm-hmm. and the idea and you wouldn't want to force feed him d-zone starts but the idea of oh yeah there's a you know you have a dangerous offensive line out there and we're going to put Tavares Yarncroc and McMahon I don't think that's the end of the world and you're right like you're you're really that's a very good thing to bring up because he does change a lot of the pieces of this and then if you want to get nuts and this is where I think we have to give Keith, Keith credit is he has shown a propensity later in games to be able to kind of throw together the line or two that he needs, right? So let's say a world where Yarncroc is back. You see a world where it's Camp, Yarncroc, and whatever winger is going wow. the best that day. Yeah, and in-game, we know the blender is going to be broken out depending really on... really hasn't been as much this year, though. Sure. But yeah, you can see in a postseason sure. that, uh, yeah, probably Max Domi, William Nylander, Tyler yeah. Bertuzzi, probably not going to play too much together mm-hmm. in a one-goal game. No. But, but there's a the lot Leafs of those. Leading. The, there's a lot of those in the playoffs. No All right, well, I, I, you threw in the caveat of where the Leafs are leading. I should hope there's a lot of those mm. in, in the playoffs. But it's going to be tighter games, and you're going to have to have lines that you're comfortable with. Now, this is where having this conversation at this point in time, one, before the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and two, still with 30 games left in the season, I'm not ruling out the possibility that this does work for an extended period. Agreed. 
Maybe until Yarncroft comes back. Yeah, and let's see what you got in Bobby McMahon. Like I said, he's he's had 20 goal seasons. He played like 30 games yeah. in the American League last season. I had 20 goals. When he's mean, he's got a little nastiness to him, which cannot be overstated how important that is on he's this team. He's a pending unrestricted free agent too. And you wonder yeah, how that conversation is, is going to go. Um, maybe now you could, there's two ways to look at it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, now is the worst time to be talking to Bobby McMahon about an extension. Yeah. Or maybe it's the best time. Um, but yeah, Bobby McMahon, again, not just the goal scoring, not just the point totals, but just he he looks the part right now. That's the thing. And he it's the it's the meanness, it's the nastiness, it's the physicality. And, you know, I've I forget when this I guess it would have been after the Lilligren thing, but there was a moment when he was still on the Marlies after the Lilligan thing where he just kind of went nuts on again. And, you know, the the way it was talked about when you see the video, it's a little overstated, but he shows that ability to be a jerk, to be mean, to get involved in scrums. And this team needs that. Sometimes we overstate how much we, we need to see that from this team. But when it comes kind of organically from within, from a guy who, of course, he has to be a UFA, like heaven forbid anything ever stay good here for more than five minutes. But you see a guy who's grown within can be part of this in theory because, you know, he's a UFA, of course, and, hey, who knows what happens in the playoffs. But I don't know that anyone's blowing their doors out for Bobby McMahon this Probably this year. not. Gonna Probably happen. not. Uh, anything else from this game? I mean, Marshall Rafai, I love that stuff. Uh, guys making their NHL awesome. debut and a guy that I, hand up, hadn't really been on my radar coming into this season. Uh-uh. An undrafted free agent a couple of seasons ago out of Harvard. Yeah. And apparently a good, good, good skater. And I mean, tough guy. I mean, they were showing yeah. the highlights of his scrap. Um, he barely played. Mm-hmm. He, first early impression was, oh, this guy's not afraid, yeah. which is good, I yeah. guess. As I long as the puck doesn't go into your yeah, own net. Sure. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I think fairly well because Morgan Riley's at... At worst, going to miss mm. one more game. I don't know. But, uh, the, way that, the way this lingers on, I'm, I'm half expecting Batman to go, you know what? 10. Yeah, double it up. Uh, <laughs> and you you would think uh, Mark Giordano is going to be back after the tragic yep. passing of his father. Um, that uh, it's probably just maybe even a one-gamer for Marshall Rafai, but it's somebody now that I'm aware of. And people talk about mm-hmm. his skating being some yep. of the best within the organization. So congrats to you. Yeah, I would, uh, I'd like to see it. If that's the case, <laughs> hey, continue to develop. And, I, you know, I, I don't think that they've unearthed some other piece here, but those are... We get so bogged down in the idea that every player who, you know, comes and becomes an important player or even just a piece needs to have this path where it was always, you know, it was always planned out. And this was part of the way the organization planned things five years ago. Sometimes you just dumb luck run into guys. Look at Simone Benoit. He's a perfect example. I'm not saying Rafai is going to become Simone Benoit, but... Nobody in their right mind thought Simone Benoit was going to become this. So having other bodies, they he's got the his ducks feet wet. Didn't the Ducks certainly didn't know? And well, maybe that's the reason why they're the Ducks. Yeah, you maybe uh, could could able have to that beat guy. the Sabers in Buffalo though yesterday. Good for them. Good oh for them. God. Yeah, Sabers. What are you doing? It's an absolute disaster. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, anything else from this game? Yeah, uh, just Matthew Nice. That was an incredible finish. Mm. That's going to be. And he looked a little more aggressive shooting the puck early on in that game too. Yeah, and the Matthews pass to set him up there. Just, I mean, the pass was great, but if you watch the entire sequence on that play, Matthews gets kind of bumped off the puck a little bit below the goal line on the complete other side of the ice, and it was just a classic. Mm, I don't. I didn't like that. And he chased the guy down, immediately steals the puck, gets it, gets it to Nyes. Great little move, tucks it under the bar. That's going to be, 
Mm, I, I don't. I was about to say that's going to be the nice goal he scored for a while, but I don't know if it's nicer than the bar, than the backhand against Pittsburgh. And part of that is because he was fighting it and he was getting aggressive there. But that's what you need to see from Matthew Nyes. And if he can take a little momentum from that heading into Scottsdale or wherever it is, Mullet Arena is these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good on him. So, and if him Matthews can find some chemistry. It's never going to be nobody on this team will ever have chemistry the way Marner and Matthews have chemistry together, but important for him to find it with lots of other guys. He had it in spades with Hyman, had it in spades with Bunting, hasn't quite clicked with any of the other guys you've thrown on that left-hand side and really hasn't clicked with Nyes all the time. They they play well together because they're good players, but they don't seem to share that, I don't know, simpatico one-brain thing that he's had with other guys. If that becomes a thing, oh, ooh, yeah. watch out. Yeah, and we should mention Mitch Marner, who got the belt yesterday at three point okay. night. Can I have can I do an old man take here? Yeah, of course. Now, this is wrong. I would just would like to preface this with this is the wrong opinion, because all we ever talk about is <laughs> these guys needing to, you know, be more collective and more of a team and stick up for each other. I thought the belt went to the player of the game, not the player of the game and like his six friends who want to huddle in for a picture. Well, they, Marner got the belt. No, I didn't know, he? but they're yeah, but they're doing this thing now where they gave it to McCabe and it's like, hey, but my D partner getting and that was a great picture of him and Benoit, so I will not slag that. Right. But Mitch Marner's like they're posted on their Instagram like, oh, and, and Revo, get yeah. in here too. It's like the guy who took the penalty that yeah. ended up tying the game early on for the blue that guy, we're gonna mm. put him in there. So, you know, I know that the like are we really doing participation trophies with the belt here? No, Give but he, it got, to a guy. The belt. he yeah. got the belt. He got the belt. He's holding the belt. Then Max Domi and Revo are just other, in there. There's too many people in the pictures. <laughs> if you're gonna have like, it's, it's one thing when it's Mc, it's one thing when it's McMahon and Matthews and it's mm. dueling hat tricks, or it's oh, one thing yeah. when it's McCabe and Benoit, who are the most rugged individuals I, I've ever seen in my life, and I love it, love it, love it. I don't know. It's a little weird when Mitch, like, what do Max Domi and Ryan Reeves have to do with Mitch Marner being player of the game? Absolutely nothing. It's like, did they even? They're did just they, happy for their did friend. They, did they share the ice at any point in time? <laughs> Good question. Well, we know we know that Revo and him did because that's when Reeves took the penalty. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm like, I'm half joking, but I'm not. Are we doing participation trophies with with championship belts? For We're not of the game? because yeah. he got it. He okay. earned the belt. All right, Santana coming to Budweiser stage this summer on June 26 with Counting Pros. Uh, uh, Counting Crows is part of their oneness tour. We have tickets to give away. To enter, listen daily to the fan morning show for the code word, then text the code word to 590-590. Today's code word is evil ways. Text evil ways to 590-590 right now for your chance to win. If you don't win with us, tickets now officially on sale at ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, should LeBron James go on a retirement tour? He opened the possibility over the weekend. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If it's the end of your career, then the beginning of your career. Okay, I am. I promise you. Have you mapped out what that looks like to you in terms of how many more seasons and then, you know, does it end with the team you're playing for right now? Um, I have not mapped out how many seasons I have left. Um, I know it's not that many. Um, I also don't know if I will. I was asked this question a couple days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus. 
to be able to give them that moment, you know, where it's every city and whatever the case may be, and you know, they give you your flowers or whatever the case may be. But I don't have to, I don't have the answer to how long it is, which uniform I'll be in. Hopefully it is with the Lakers. It's a great organization and so many greats. But we'll see. I don't know how it's gonna end, but it's coming. Fan morning show sports at 59 of the fan, Ben NS, Brent Gunning. LeBron confirming that he's closer to the end of his career than the beginning. Yeah, it's a uh, bold, bold stance of him, uh, him, him to take. Man, it's it's so weird with LeBron and and the NBA because I was I was thinking a lot about this coming out of the weekend. I mean, one the the I guess you could call it retirement or you know looking ahead to retirement comments from him. But actually, what got me thinking about this the most was all of the. I don't know, discussion, narrative coming out of the weekend and how much it seemed to, and correct me if I'm wrong, just center around him still. Mm. Like in a world where he's he's 39 years old, you guys were calling, not me, you guys were calling him washed king mm. a few years ago. And I don't know, maybe, maybe like maybe he is washed now or at least a washed version of himself. But, you know, the NBA has a ton of great young talents, be it, you know, a guy he called the future face of the league one day in, in Shea. And obviously we care a ton about SGA here in Canada, but Luca or Yoka or Jokic or Giannis or, you know, your Joel Embiid's, but it still is a heliocentric relationship with one guy and one guy only in the NBA in terms of the way we talk about it. And it's LeBron and, you know, it's just very jarring. And, you know, part of it is that the next one, I guess you could say, hasn't come along, but in like it has in hockey with Connor McDavid, but Sidney Crosby and LeBron James are basically twins in terms of the way their careers have gone along, the longevity they've had. They came into their professional sports at the kind of exact same times. And Sidney Crosby is a part of the league right now. We talk about him. He's part of the conversation. You know, we'll throw his name in the heart trophy race when he's off to a good start. But we talk about the guys who actually matter. And much like the Penguins are on the outside looking in or, you know, in tough for a playoff spot, the Lakers are in ninth in the Western Conference right now. And all we talk about in this league, and, you know, is that a little bit of a over overstatement? Sure. But LeBron still is far and away the weather vane for this league. And it's just remarkable to me that, again, with your Giannis's, your Luka, your Jokic, just doesn't seem like those guys carry one-tenth of the weight in the in terms of the conversation, the way we talk about this league that LeBron still does. Do you agree or no? Yeah, I mean, he's at worst the second-best player to ever play. Yeah. Right, and still trying to stack up chips. And that Lakers team headed towards the deadline was one of the most interesting stories in the sport. And then we got post-fact the Woj bomb that mm-hmm. the Lakers and Warriors yep. discussed a LeBron James trade mm-hmm. and Draymond Green not shooting those Rumors down nope. uh, during the All-Star break as well. No, this is a a guy that at 39 is not at the peak of his powers, but doesn't look all that diminished nope. and can still be a pretty big piece of a championship team um, in 2024. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the difference is in ninth, you get into the, the postseason mix. Yep. And a season ago, they were in the play-in tournament and made it all the way to the conference finals. The conference finals yep. in which they got their heads pounded in by the eventual champion Denver Nuggets. If the Penguins were in the postseason mix, I think we'd be having sort of similar conversations hey, around Sydney Crosby. Out of the mix. They're not out of it. They're pretty close. I was actually looking at Money Puck uh, yesterday as far as postseason odds, and weirdly, the the Lightning, despite them and Andre Vasilevsky now with the the save percentage under nine hundred after losing to the Ottawa freaking Senators yesterday. Mm. Um, 
they have better. Bradley Gregg slap one in there. I don't know. No. Uh, and that was just their second victory since uh, beating the Maple Leafs on that uh, that hallowed Hockey Night in Canada game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 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 Lightning have uh, better Stanley Cup odds than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, okay. LeBron James will actually also say some things. And I know like Sid has gotten better over the years. Yep. Like he is, it, and nobody even asked LeBron about the retirement mm-hmm. tour thing. He brought it up. Well, he so, is, he, he gives us grist for the mill quite often. So that's what I, that's what I was thinking about with this is obviously par- a big part of it is that LeBron wants it. He seeks the attention and you know, like sometimes you will all roll your eyes at it, and I understand that. Of course, he wants to have it fed. That's why the idea of him, ooh, maybe I don't want this retirement tour. I believe he's not going to want to make up his mind that he's retiring heading into a season. That much I believe, especially when he's still at the peak of his powers. How can he sit here and go, okay, this will be the end, but he's also absolutely going to want to be feted and loved How do at you every do that? single stop. Uh, yeah. No, no, that's the problem. He's I. I don't believe him when he says, I don't know that I want that. He absolutely wants that. I think he's going to do that. I do too. But I also think that it probably, the only way he'll get that is if he kind of hangs on a year too long for, and it won't be too long in the sense of he is, you know, some failure as a player or anything, but it will be, you know, a, a diminished version that he won't be happy playing as. That's just how I think it'll have to be. The all-time greats get their final moments. And, okay, Tim Duncan, I guess, is maybe the exception. But the guy I was thinking about who's like, oh, who's the guy who you would have least thought would mm-hmm. want a farewell tour? Ted Williams. And this is, boy, this is going to make me no, sound this. So, so old. Like, yeah. war hero. Yeah. Uh, greatest hitter of all time. Mm-hmm. Ted Williams. Uh, Played had, on the last day of the season because he and he could have protected 400, 400, but did it like a man. Yeah. Uh, head now frozen in a jar. Um, hit a fake home run to a red seat that Rowdy Delez hit a farther one. Yeah. <laughs> also that. But like, this is a, this is maybe a little bit overstating it, but not so much. Like, hated the fans, mm. hated the media, <laughs> hated Red Sox fans. Like, early in his career, um, stop doffing his cap to the fans because he felt he was treated unfairly and just never did it the rest of his yep. career. We still understood, and part of that was him being 42 years of age, that he was in his final season in 1960, and in that final at bat, hitting a home run in the eighth inning, we all understood yep. that. We all. Well, I was going like, to say, they you all, there? they all How understood. How old are you? You no. look great for a hundred. <laughs> no, I was going back and reading some of the accounts. Okay, because I was, I was thinking about You're this. You're such a nerd. But yeah, rounded the bases, uh, and there was a sparse crowd at Fenway. But yeah, yeah but everybody in attendance understood that was it that for was Ted it. Williams. What a moment! Ted Williams going out in his final at bat, hitting a home run, having an OPS over a thousand in 113 games at the age of 40, freaking two. Yeah, Absurd. what a legend! So even the guy Absurd. that. You could argue least wanted it, still got it, and LeBron James wants it, okay? Yeah. LeBron James is going to get it. Now, yeah. is it as as soon as next season? Maybe. Uh, I think at, at, at best it's the year beyond next season. But, yeah, we're going to have this thing at beginning of the season. LeBron's going to say, like some greats in baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball is is the, the sport that, that's been, and there's been guys that it, it's been so obvious with, like Miguel Cabrera, Playing out the string when you sign that epic deal. Obviously, you're not going to retire a second before you collect all the money. Don't blame him. And especially when the Tigers are no good anyways. Yeah, he he went into the final year of that deal saying, this is it for me. Uh, Fare thee well. And and got at each stop he went 
one of those gifts. Yeah, LeBron James is going to do that. I don't I don't think there's any debate about it. Like him, oh, back and forth. Oh, should I just disappear into no, that's the not. ether? Like, well, also, Tim Duncan, we haven't heard from him, really, mm-hmm. since he or, retired. Or before. No, I, I know he's been involved with the Spurs in some capacity and blah, 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 blah. LeBron James is going to be a part of the NBA. He's going to own a team. For his entire life. You're going to see him at every All-Star game when he's retired. Yeah, this is this is a different dude, and we will get the retirement season from LeBron James. There is no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I I I don't disagree. I just think it's going to be incredibly hard for him to pull the trigger on that because I I it's not going to. Ha- I don't think he's going to have it in his wherewithal to still be at this version or close to the peak of his powers or whatever you want to call this version of LeBron 5.0 and be able to say, okay, that's enough. I'm ready to walk away. Like we had pointed to the thing of sharing the league or sharing a floor with his kid as maybe that being it, but I don't know. Like he has another son who's not that much younger. How are you going to sit here and say, I only care about this one and who knows what the, how good the other one is? But I think I, it's just when you're that elite that late into your career yeah. you know say what you will about tim duncan and that's the guy he brought up so that's why we're doing the example here there was a diminishing version of tim duncan he, yeah. and not that lebron is still what he once was but he dropped off much more it's just a seven footer thing versus a guy who's an athletic freak and all of that so that's why i think it's going to be very fascinating to watch i wouldn't be surprised if lebron almost like jumps the gun on it and is like this is the last well, year and then he's like I, it's never it's I not gonna be a barry back. sanders thing because no. he's he's no, gonna no, be no, 40 no, no. next year but like no you're you're right to to bring or yeah like that possibility exists because we haven't really seen the lebron hey man i i don't have it anymore Mm-mm. season yet and do we want to see his jordan with the wizards i do not i, I want to be clear i don't yeah. I don't. Because, again, it was obvious with Miguel Cabrera. There's some all-time great mm-hmm. legends where it's, like, obvious that you yep. should be waving goodbye. It's not obvious, despite the fact he's about to be 40 years old. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Uh, he loves the game of basketball. LeBron James does. He Pretty really clear. does. He does. Uh, Anthony Rendon, not not a big fan of his profession. <laughs> we'll get, no. in, get no. into his uh, – what you know what was an incredible day – at Angels Camp yesterday, maybe the first time you've been able to, you, you've been able to say that in some <laughs> basically since Shohei first showed up. Yeah, uh, the Angels were fun when they had two of the greatest players that ever lived and couldn't win ba- uh, baseball games, and they were great on the opening day of full spring training yesterday. Uh, we'll talk about Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.